What's the deal with Justin Herbert's weapons going forward under Jim Harbaugh? And will Justin Fields actually return to the Bears? It's time to break down three of the biggest offseason storylines as we begin another edition and close another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Maju, researcher, NFL Network, and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, welcome in to Locked On Fantasy Football. Hopefully, you've made us your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. We're a destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league year-round throughout the off-season as well. I'm also pleased to tell you this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL. It's linkedin.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, we teased our look at the top off-season storylines, getting into one of them with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings' future. Now we're going to talk about three more quarterbacks on the show. So, Look, Justin Herbert, great news that he's with Jim Harbaugh, but there's some work to be done around him in the Chargers offense. Got Justin Fields. Will he stay? Won't he stay? What would happen in either scenario? We'll explore that. Then Tua Tagvola. It was a tough season for him not falling into that QB1 range and some weapon concerns there. So those are the three questions we'll explore on today's show. And Michelle, let's dive right into it here. Justin Herbert, look, I was excited he has Jim Harbaugh. And look, Harbaugh went to the place where the quarterback is established. Of all these jobs, this was where the quarterback, no question, right? He's the future. But Keenan Allen, getting older, Mike Williams, expensive. Austin Eckler is a free agent. Are you concerned about all this, that they're going to have to maybe restock in Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, something has to happen here, right? Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have the top two cap hits among all wide receivers in the NFL. Keenan Allen's going to be at $34.7 million and Mike Williams at $32.5 million. The next closest is Tyree Kale, and then Cooper Cup is even under the $30 million. Those are the top four there. But you can't have the top two wide receivers and cap hit on your team in the same season, especially when you're talking about Keenan Allen, who's going to be 32 years old in April. Like that. 32 is really when you start to see that huge drop off, right? Keenan Allen was still great this year, but he's great because he's a volume hog. It's not like he makes a ton out of the targets he does get or make these insane plays. And then Mike Williams, he is really, really good, but his body cannot hold up because the way he plays, right? He makes insane catches, but then he gets himself hurt. And it's been, you know, 2023 was a complete loss for him with injuries, but even 2022 he, I know he only missed four games, but he was injured for so many of those that he did play. Like they're going to have to figure out something here, and it can't be to keep both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like one of them is probably going to go, and then Austin Eckler. I don't, he, I don't think there's any chance for him to be back. The Chargers right now are currently minus negative forty-four million dollars in cap space. So 
You're not going to pay Austin Eckler, whose efficiency went way down. He's also turning 29 years old in May. That's old for a running back. They're going to have a huge shift of playmakers here, and that worries me for Herbert. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing they have to evaluate is who's more valuable, right? I mean, Keenan Allen, he's Mr. Reliable, that you can get him on the field and he'll make plays. He has great chemistry with Herbert, and you can do a lot of things with Keenan Allen to keep the ball moving, but he's older. Again, you have to consider that. Mike Williams has a lot of upside as a big play threat, but he's not durable, and that's been a concern. Now, Josh Palmer, I think, is a guy that could really thrive here in this situation because he can do a little bit of everything, and that's going to be helpful. Now, they have to also consider with a new coaching staff, do they want to remain with Quentin Johnson, or if he's not the right guy for them? I think they're going to explore a lot of the depth that's available at wide receiver. It's a very good class. I could see them taking multiple receivers, much like we saw, Jordan Love, right? They loaded him. And that, that, that could be a trend here that happens where teams are taking multiple receivers. They also have Gerald Everett, by the way, as a free agent. So I think you could see a shift there. Maybe they'll go after Brock Bowers in the draft. So there's all kinds of things that I would look at. So I think with Harbaugh, he's going to put his own imprint on the offense. So you think adding another offensive line. I mean, they did uh, use a high pick on Rashawn Slater. It's pretty good left tackle. Zion Johnson is also there. So you think Harbaugh's first priority is to get everything settled around Herbert. So, look, as much as I'm questioning all these moves and who could be leaving and coming, I really like Justin Herbert with Jim Harbaugh going forward. I want a piece of this. Now, look, we were oversold on him with Kellen Moore last year, right? It didn't quite work out, partly because the weapons got hurt and Herbert wasn't in position to produce, much like we saw in 2022. So, when I look at it, look, we've seen the production there. I think you'll use more of Herbert's mobility. I'm not going to say he's going to turn to Colin Kaepernick and run around the field like we saw Harbaugh last in the NFL, but he's a very good runner, right? His athleticism, getting out of the pocket, getting him on the move, those type of things are going to help him as well. So I'd expect him, look, Harbaugh, wherever he goes, the running game is good, right? So I think they'll find a back who they can trust for some good carries, not one of their current backs, find that offensive line. So I think they'll have more of an offense that streamlined and makes sense versus just kind of forcing it everywhere downfield and kind of playing it in playground style, right? I think you'll have an approach, you'll have more play action, you'll get Herbert on move. So there's different ways I think they'll make Herbert more productive and also more efficient here where he also turns down or cuts down on those turnovers. Yeah, I am a little bit worried about his playmakers around him. We'll see what they have to we'll see what moves they make this offseason. I will say over the last two years, Herbert is 11th in quarterback points per game uh, for fantasy, averaging under what Kirk Cousins is doing, just above Trevor Lawrence. Like, I do think with this new hire for Harbaugh, it's going to keep Herbert's draft cost up. It's not going to be as high as it was this past year because of how you know disappointing he was but it's still gonna stay up there I'd rather go you know wait a few rounds and I think Trevor Lawrence has the same upside as Herbert going into next year so maybe you wait and you take Lawrence there uh they can be just as disappointing or have just as much upside and then if you want to wait even longer you can get Purdy or Jordan Love or CJ Stroud I think all of those guys are going to go after Herbert, and I'd rather have any of them over Herbert, even though he has a great new coach. I just think it's going to be all too new. I don't want to take that risk. He could be amazing, but again, this would be the third year in a row I fell for it, and I think I'm getting off the train. 
Yeah, I think when you also look at something else with Justin Herbert, it was a down season in terms of touchdown passes, right? I mean, Dak Prescott led the league, then he had Jordan Love behind him. You didn't have a lot of guys cracking into 30-plus touchdowns, right? That's the number that you're looking for for most of these guys. That's why we saw some of these other guys in the top 12, including Brock Purdy, right? Because you didn't need to throw 35, 36 touchdowns. And what happened with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, their numbers were inflated big time by their rushing TDs and rushing production. So that's the thing is, can he get to the 35 touchdowns? Will the rest of the league say with Joe Burrow healthy? Will you see more of those type players, right? So really it comes down to that. The other thing I could see is the Chargers defense could continue to stink a little bit and Herbert's going to have to throw for some higher volume this year. So there's all all kinds of ways to look at it, but I think just be wary, right? I you have to look at the weapons, evaluate evaluate what's left there, evaluate how the system is going, how he's looking camp. So a lot of still big questions. That's why this is one of the biggest offseason questions of the year, just looking at what's going to happen with Herbert going forward. But a team that we're going to fully watch closely, especially in March. Yeah, absolutely. Another team we have to watch super closely is the Bears. I mean, they're a team with a ton of cap space and a lot of draft capital. So it's going to be a super fun offseason for them. We're going to hop into all the fun Bears talk here in a moment. But first, we have to hear from one of our new sponsors, Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's class-exclusive Google built-in will be your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is a perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room up for up to eight people, an expansive cargo capacity, and an advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, let's hop into Justin Fields because this is the biggest question mark around the Bears right now. It's their quarterback. Who will be their quarterback? What are they going to do with the number one overall pick? Are they going to trade away Justin Fields, get more draft capital, save some money also, right, and go with Caleb Williams or maybe Drake May or maybe a surprise quarterback? Or are they going to stick with Justin Fields and try to build around him? Which way would you go if you were the GM? Yeah, I think I would look first to see who's out there, right, that is interested in Justin Fields. That's number one I would do, right? Get kind of a landscape here of going there. Then I would look at what teams could be wanting the number one overall pick, presumably to go get Caleb Williams, right? All of a sudden, the Raiders have popped up on both of these avenues for multiple reasons. They were looking at Luke Getze. They end up here with the Raiders. Cliff Kingsbury is looking like he'll be new offense coordinator. We know what that means, right? There is a relationship, Cliff Kingsbury, that style of offense and where they are with Lincoln Riley and all that with Caleb Williams. So the Raiders might be a good training partner, right? So that's something you have to think about here either way. 
I think they would look at Fields because he's a mobile guy. So, again, maybe you need to be on the phone a long time if you're Ryan Poles, the GM with new Raiders GM, Tom Telesco, have a long conversation. What's better for us and better for you between Fields and Williams? So it so that itself could go either way, right, when you look at that decision. So, look, the conventional wisdom would say, let's start this process over. Let's move on from Justin Fields, not pay him the big money, and then go after a guy in a rookie contract. But at this point, I think you can get a discount on Justin Fields. You're not going to pay him through the roof way the Jaguars, even if it's like a slightly above average season, are going to have to do with Trevor Lawrence in the same class. You have a little bit of leverage here. If you're the Bears in terms of, okay, we're not going to pay the top, but we'll give you a pretty good deal over three years, extend you, much like we saw with the Jordan Love situation, right? A little, Maybe a little bit of that type of deal. And then we know, we talked about it, even $45 million that we were talking about for Kirk Cousins per year is still lower than the market. So I think you can get Justin Fields lower than the market and a guy that you can feel like you're in business with. Now, I think you can go two ways. If you stick at number one, you get Marvin Harrison Jr., and put him out there with DJ Moore. You're looking, you're in business here with him and Justin Fields. But the other thing you could say, hey, wait, we can trade out of number one, keep Justin Fields, get another first round pick, do some damage, help our defense again, get an elite pass rusher. We already have two picks here, right? So there's so many ways you can look at it. But I would right now say Justin Fields keeping him might be the slightly better path at this point based on the overall big picture. Yeah, I think the biggest part is comes down to the money. What does Justin Fields yeah. want? And they don't have to pay him this offseason, right? Yeah. If they decide to keep Fields, they can wait. Um, but it's do they feel confident enough that Fields will be that much better than taking uh, Caleb Williams as a rookie? Because obviously the price differences will be that much different as we go down the road here. But I will say if they plan to keep fields, I think the best plan would be not to, if you still want Marvin Harrison jr, you could still get him without saying a number one, go down to number three, trade with the Patriots. If they want Caleb Williams, they jump the commanders. You know, the commanders are taking a quarterback at number two. Then you just grab Marvin Harrison at number three. You're not going to get a haul from going from one to three, but if there are a lot of other teams bidding, the Patriots have to also pay up too. So it's not going to be a big of a haul as if they traded with the Raiders, but then you still get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that would probably be the way I would go. Now let's say they do go with Caleb Williams. They just take a quarterback with the number one overall pick. Do you think this is an upgrade or downgrade for DJ Moore uh, if it, in, in terms of fantasy production next year? Well, I think Caleb Williams is a real deal to me. And look, there were some question marks of how he was with his body language and all that for USC when they were out of the picture and kind of struggled near the end of the season in the Pac-12 schedule. But the physical talent is there. I mean, we know from the previous year when he won the Heisman and he was just lighting up college football that he has that build. Like, there's no reason to think he slipped too much. I still think he's the bonafide number one overall prospect. And a pretty good quarterback class when you look at what Michael Penix can do and he's risen up boards and you have Jaden Daniels, who's uh, dynamic, we know, as the reigning Heisman winner. So, yeah, I think Caleb Williams is okay. And look, DJ Moore, what do we know about DJ Moore? He produces with basically everybody. I know Fields, so-called, was his best quarterback that he's ever played with, but I, I don't see too much of a difference there in the Williams passing style. In fact, I think in terms of the passing, I think that actually might be an upgrade for DJ Moore. So 
when you look at it, yeah, I think he's in good shape because he's just a tough guy. He's going to work hard. He's going to run the routes. I think the biggest thing for DJ Moore is getting that number two threat, right? You need someone to take away his double teams and not have that frequent attention on him. That's going to help him more than else. And I don't think Cole Komet's going to be the guy to do that. So you need to have a legitimate number two receiver that isn't Darnell Mooney, who's a free agent, so upgrade from him. And then I think that's the biggest thing that can help more going forward. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat there, if you added Marvin Harrison Jr., then DJ Moore might yeah. become the wide receiver too, right? Like yeah. he is going to have a lot more space to work. But also, like I brought up, they have a lot of money in cap space, so they could also add a, a wide receiver in yeah. free agency to go along with a rookie wide receiver if they don't use that uh, with their number one pick. But yeah, they have a lot of exciting stuff they can do. I cannot imagine they do not add an elite wide receiver too, whether that be with their first pick, their ninth overall pick, or bringing in a guy like T. Higgins or Michael Pittman. Um, one of those two, really, yeah. because I think Mike Evans ends up staying with the with the Buccaneers. But yeah, they they they're in a great spot right now. Either way they go, Fields or Caleb Williams. I'm hoping for Fields. I'd like to see him yeah. succeed. Now going to the running game quickly, is Khalil Herbert a good enough lead back or do they need to upgrade? Uh, or would you just be comfortable with him going in again as the, the lead running back? Well, I would consider backs in this draft. It's not, again, as strong as we consider, but then they could also pivot to Roshan Johnson, right? With another offseason, he's a very good pass protector. Now, if they're trying to pass the ball more effectively and they bring in receivers to do that with Shane Waldron, you think, right, look at the parallels to what he had in the Rams there with the 11 personnel and all that. So you, you make a great point is that I think they'll look at one wide receiver in the draft and maybe one of these wide receivers in free agency, get that slot guy. I think a Tyler Boyd would be effective as well in Chicago. Someone that you can trust in the middle of the field because they haven't had that either. I mean, Darnell Mooney was kind of their slot when they forced him in there because they didn't really have a lot. So when you look at that, yeah, I think if you get a couple weapons and Waldron, we know again, he came from a place that had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba at the end there. He's going to try to upgrade those receivers, try to get that volume and value. And we did see a very good fantasy season from Geno Smith just a couple of years ago. So look at it. I think this is a good direction for the Bears offense with Waldron, whether it's Fields or Williams. But I, I just don't trust Khalil Herbert. I don't like these kind of late round draft guys in the real draft where, okay, they're going to break down right that's what happens i mean they get hurt that's why they're lasting until these later rounds because they're not the guys that can hold up so i'm not gonna be in on the bears backfield i need to see a little bit more but one thing i'm doing is if i had to go for value i would say it's going to be johnson over herbert at this point yeah i think that's fair uh i i do expect them to add somebody i would think they are looking to upgrade there again it all just depends on what they do with quarterback if they if they stick with justin fields i can see them kind of sticking with their backfield but if you add a young rookie quarterback you probably want a more you know reliable running back that you can give more carries to uh, a more like power running back maybe than either herbert or johnson but we'll see what they do there and possibly we'll get into liking the backfield for fantasy. But right now I think we're both off there. And then let's jump into the Dolphins here in our next segment, because I'm excited to hear your opinions on Tua in this Dolphins offense. Yeah, it wasn't a great fantasy year for Tua, even though he played all 17 games. So that's something weird that happened. But yeah, we want to look forward, not backwards. So we'll look at what could be in store for him in 2024. Before we do that, we got to hear from a couple more of our sponsors. 
This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football, as I mentioned at the top, is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's the start of a new year, so every small business owner is asking himself the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs will help you answer that. Knowing that your success is all dependent on the team that you surround yourself with, that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your small business, your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just Another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is so easy when you have that many quality and qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You might not have the hats uh, there enough to uh, control all this and you might not have the time or resource to hire well linkedin jobs knows that and they're going to help out small businesses there thankfully linkedin the process is intuitive quick and easy post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply it's almost time for the big game and we want to get locked in and into our positions to watch the Super Bowl and get into the action without having to get up and leave because we want to watch the commercials too. We want to watch the game. We want to watch the commercials. DoorDash is going to take care of us on game day there for whatever we need. So when we have a pause, uh, run to the door, get what you need. They'll deliver it right to you, whether it's a Pizza, wings from your favorite local joints, or things that you need from the grocery store, chips, soda, adult beverages. They'll take care of you there at DoorDash. So kick back, get ready to relax at kickoff for the big game or just any game that you're watching here. Any event that you want to kind of have special but don't want to just leave the house, and DoorDash has got you covered. You can see up to 50%, up to $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order. You just have to download the DoorDash app and you enter the promo code LOCK23, so check that out. Again, you'll get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more with your first order on the DoorDash app. Just use the promo code LOCK23. Check it out. Again, LOCK23 is the promo code. Download the DoorDash app now. Subject to change. Terms do apply. All right, Michelle, time to close the show. And we did tease that we're going to be talking about Tua Tagovola and the Dolphins. So let's start with the question, and I'll throw it to you first here on this. Do you feel like he's the right quarterback from the Mike McDaniel offense? I'm not even sure the Dolphins know the answer to this question quite yet, even though they've seen him for two years. I really do think he is. Like when it comes to fantasy football, I'm off of him because he's too inconsistent in terms of, you know, the touchdowns he puts up. But I do think he's the right quarterback for the situ- situation. I think he can get it done. I think he can definitely have like a Brock Purdy type year. I think I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying I think he can have a Brock Purdy type year here uh, next year if they get him weapons, right? It can't be just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell because that's all he had this year. In terms of receivers, there was no tight end, really no good wide receiver three. And the issue with that is once Jalen Waddell gets hurt, like he does every single game, and I know he comes back and plays through it, then it's really just Tyreek Hill and nothing else. And Tyreek Hill's amazing, and he can do it, but you got to give – 
to uh, more options because then that's what happens. He starts to throw interceptions because he's trying to force it to his only good uh, receiver out there. So they really, really need to add a tight end that's reliable, a, a solid wide receiver three. I'm not saying they need the star power talent because they already have it with Hill and Waddle when he's healthy, but they do need to add other reliable options for Tua in this offense. Yeah, there's a few things that affected Tua's scoring. I mean, number one is they scored rushing touchdowns at an incredible rate, whether it's a sure. Devon, a Chan going nuts, and Raheem Mostert just plowing in from short yardage for a career high in touchdowns. So, look, that usually regresses. We've seen it, right? Aaron Jones had a big touchdown year for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers the following year was the better touchdown guy. So that te- technically didn't happen, but you need sources to score touchdowns, right? And right now, it's Tyreek Hill making the big plays. He's not necessarily a guy that you throw to short yardage a lot for TDs. I think that was a bigger case definitely in Kansas City where you could look at him. But most of his TDs come from longer out, right? So you have to kind of look for the bigger plays. Jalen Waddle has been kind of up and down with his red zone usage, and they don't have a tight end, as you mentioned. So they need ways to get in the end zone a little bit more, I think. Look, Christian McCaffrey scored a lot, but Brock Purdy was also being able to throw for touchdowns because hey McCaffrey could score on receptions but you had Debo George Kittle you had other guys that could make plays Ayuk was stretching the field so you need depth to put up fantasy numbers if you're not a running quarterback and we know Tua is not going to put you numbers there and that's the thing with this 49ers offense style with CJ Stroud and him and Brock Purdy, you're going to need to get it done with the touchdowns, right? That's your key here because you know they're going to still have a running basis and that's going to be always be there. But at the same time, the Dolphins led the league with the passing arts of Tua. So it's tough, but this tells you that you need the sources of touchdowns. So I think if he gets to if he has a path to 30 touchdowns, he's going to be okay and finish with QB1. But that's my concern. Is that path there in the current state? I don't think so. Yeah, they're unfortunately going to have to go cheaper through the draft, which Mike McDaniels is uh, Mike McDaniels uh, plenty creative enough and a system is good enough to have a rookie have a really nice uh, season one without even taking them in the first round, like a wide re- wide receiver going in the second round or third round. Like I-, I could trust them to develop quickly under Mike McDaniel and in his system, but they're minus negative fifty one million dollars in cap space right now, so they're going to have to figure that out. Plus, Tua hasn't been paid yet, right? Yeah, he hasn't received a contract extension yet. So they're going to have to figure that out. But I will say, like, it, they again, they don't need to add these star power talents. Maybe go for a Marquise Brown who's been disappointing. He's not going to be expensive. He adds even more speed to your offense. Or, you know, bring back Mike Kosicki to have an actual tight end out there. He's athletic. He could do great things in this offense, possibly. But just you have to give him, you have to give Tua more options. But then at the same time, I don't know would you pay to it? Cause he's going to be asking for more than Daniel Jones got. And at that point, is he then the right quarterback for your offense? Cause he's, he's fine when he's cheap, but is he going to be worth it to pay up for him? Yeah. I think that's the concern you have, especially if you're going to be a copycat league and you're saying, wait, the 49ers just found a guy who can play really well in the seventh round. So do I want to do this? Am I feeling confident in my system? So you might feel that way more so if you're the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel than the Bears, right, and Justin Fields trying to feel, okay, we can find another quarterback because the system is so superior. The Bears are adjusting to a new system. The Dolphins have the established system. So that's the thing that risk that you're taking. Yeah, I think you want like a Daniel Jones, you know, Smith type contract. I don't know if that'll happen and you can get away with that. But 
again, they paid Justin Herbert from the same draft class, and we haven't seen a peep from Tua maybe getting close to that. So you might get a bargain, right? We've talked about a bargain is still $40 million a season at this rate at quarterback. So you might have to take that, reload a little bit wide receiver. Look, the concern also Tyreek Hill is going to be 30, so you need some younger people to also help, right? I mean, at the end of the season, he wasn't available. It was very late, and he played through a lot of stuff, but then he missed a game at a very critical time in the fantasy season, late in the season. So, yeah, I think you need a little bit more juice for sure, again, with the injury history, the age, all these things going around. So it'll be very interesting. But one thing I think they did well was Austin Jackson. He was their right tackle. They kept him, so they've locked him up, so now they can worry about the other side. So there's better protection. Tua was getting the ball out a lot quicker and producing that way. So I, I think that was very good for him. I think he improved by showing he's durable. That was the number one step. Now he needs to add to that, right? You played all 17 games. Now let's raise that and be more than just getting the ball out quickly and making those big plays. Let's be consistent. Let's find some more red zone juice for touchdowns. You know who I'd love for them to add? And he could be like uh, Debo Samuel Light, like a poor man's version of him in this offense. It would be Curtis Samuel. I think that'd be yeah. really helpful for Tua to have that that guy right. that runs the shorter routes, he could be his safety guy, but you can also use him as a runner. Like yeah. he can, he could uh, get it done on the ground and after the catch, like he's not even close to Debo Samuel in terms of like total uh, talent, but he could definitely be using that type of role and is good enough. So Curtis Samuel, I think would be a nice cheaper ad for the dolphins that could make a really big difference for him uh, with, you don't have to just go deep to Tyreek Hill every time. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to this is like you, like we mentioned with Herbert, we mentioned with Fields, get you need three reliable targets. That's how you know, right? You, you need those three guys you can trust. To, whatever the combination is, three receivers, two receivers, and a tight end, you need those amount of weapons, right? Because in, in the end, it's a numbers game. We want to add up all their scoring and production into the quarterback, right? And the guys that have the three weapons, whoever it is, uh, we'll start with Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's a great example. Three weapons, he's good. I think you have that to some degree with Patrick Mahomes. I think it'll get better. They need the third weapon right now, but they found two really good ones. So I think to turn the corner as a fantasy QB, you need to have the third weapon. And I think right now you're down to two and often one and a half because you have injury issues with those guys. So I I think that's the key with everything. And again, this is pointing to three weapons. Look how many they gave Jordan Love. Look how you had Brock Purdy with three very good weapons. So that's what it comes down to if you're going to get that fantasy season that you're looking for from Tua. Yeah, absolutely. I had fun talking about these three topics and we're going to keep getting even spicier as we, you know, count up, do the countdown. So we're going to have to still talk about our top six off season topics in terms of what we're looking for with fantasy football this off season. So we're going to hit on uh, six through three, six through four, sorry, uh, on Monday and then three through one on Tuesday. Yeah, and we'll get into Super Bowl talk after that. It's been a great week of shows here at Lockdown Fantasy Football. Michelle has uh, done a great job breaking down everything here on the show for us as well. So really appreciate her and what we've uh, brought you with the analysis here this week as we wait, still wait for Super Bowl 58 and the 49ers and Chiefs. For this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football and this week of shows, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.